What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Tribe Talk, brought to you by Sport Tribe, wherein we try to make sense of a game played by around eight or million people globally, the Fantasy Premier League. So today, uh, I, along with Bhavin and Sushant, will be talking about Game Week Four happenings, uh, doing some number crunching on the fixtures uh, that were played, and trying to see some patterns, uh, if any any pattern are developing uh, from now from forty games that we have seen in the last four game weeks. We'll start with some uh, game week four match stats. Uh, so, four, as I said, four game weeks out of the schedule, 30 are over. 11% of the matches have been completed, though the sample would still be relatively small. Uh, but I guess their field managers now are starting to make some kind of sense uh, out of those 40 games that have been played. This time around, uh, after four game weeks, uh, there are four teams tied at 10 points at the top, with all of them still unbeaten. Uh, last season, same stage, Everton was on top with four out of four wins. Game week four had 23 goals. Uh, it had 60, uh, out of those 23 goals, 61% were scored by the home team. There were total eight clean sheets, which have been highest till now in this season. Uh, out of those eight clean sheets, there were four which were at home, there were four which were away. Now, just comparing these goals scored from Game Week 4, which was, the number was 23. Uh, Game Week 3 had 26, Game Week 2 had 25, and Game Week 1 had 34 goals. Now, the same uh, stat for them in terms of the goals scored by the home team. Game Week 3, it was 55%. Game Week 2 was 71%. And Game Week 1 was 62%, uh, as compared to the 61% of Game Week 4, which just uh, finished last weekend. Uh, total clean sheets, uh, out of 40 games played, there have been 24 clean sheets, which is 60% of the games have seen clean sheets. Uh, like I said before, Game Week 4 has had the highest clean sheets till now, 8. Uh, now, out of these 24 games where we have seen clean sheets, uh, 63% of those clean sheets have come at home. So again, uh, you know, fans back, as we discussed in Game Week 1, fans are back, uh, Home, home, home players, home team, they're now more propelled or they're more motivated to really show it to the fans uh, you know, that they were missed. And I think the, the performance has really gone up. Uh, Game Week 4, fantasy-wise, uh, saw on a million wildcard being played, uh, with Salah being the most captained. Salah gave eight points, so he did not really disappoint. Ronaldo was the most transferring player before Game Week 4 started. Uh, as as we speak, he's still the most transferring player post uh, game week four, followed by Lukaku. We've just seen uh, a rise in price in the last couple of days. Uh, you know, we just saw a rise in price for uh, Newcastle uh, striker, not Wilson, but uh, Saint Maximin. Uh, so that's a strange one. Uh, but yes, uh, uh, FPL managers are. Uh, that that gives an indication that you know getting us uh, seeing a price rise in in, in Maximin's uh, price is kind of gives an indication that people are maybe kind of looking to get Lukaku and Ronaldo in and get a third premium as well, which 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 can be Salah uh, or or any or Bruno. So so things are looking to uh, you know shape up. Uh, managers are kind of getting frantic about uh, their transfers. All right, uh, so we will move on to, to our next section. All right, uh, so Bhavan, we'll move, move on to you. Uh, you had a game week four of 72 with a minus four. Uh, your, your captain was Ronaldo. And I think, uh, I think there were three, four players who kind of blanked for you in terms of uh, attacking. 
There was Armstrong <clears throat> with two points. Torres was three. Treore, you got in. Uh, he was three as well. And Ben Drama with three. Uh, so, Bhavan, uh, what do you have for us in terms of stats? Uh, shall, shall we start with the defensive stats first? Right. So, moving on to the team stats. Uh, as always, we will break this into two parts. Uh, one, we'll look at the defensive stats first, followed by the attacking data. Uh, so, in terms of defensive stats, uh, looking at our two uh, tables, firstly looking at the worst defenses uh, over the first four game weeks and the metric that we are using is basically expected goals conceded. Uh, so, the bottom five teams on the count of expected goals conceded over the last four game weeks are and I am ranking in the uh, order from worst uh, first. Newcastle, uh, who are the worst defense in terms of expected goals conceded, followed by Arsenal, Leeds, Norwich, and Leicester City. So these are the five uh, worst defenses in terms of expected stats data. Uh, you would see a lot of overlap from earlier weeks as well. So we have Newcastle, Arsenal, Norwich, and Leicester City maintain their positions in this table. The only change that happened this week was Leeds moving into the top 5 and displacing Burnley. Burnley who are now in the 6th place. Uh, that was of course due to the fact that Leeds played a man down against Liverpool and considered a lot of shots and XG. Uh, in terms of the data, the takeaway clearly is that uh, the key defences to target are Newcastle, Burnley and Norwich. So if you have an attacker, a premium particularly, if who's playing at home against these three teams, uh, they are a great shout for captaincy. Uh, the other thing to monitor is stats for Arsenal and Leicester. Uh, they are two defences who, for at least the game week in question, game week four, did fairly well. Uh, so that is one to monitor. Leicester, in fact, uh, had a pretty decent uh, outing against City. Uh, Narrow 1-0 loss, but easily could have gone the other way in terms of the chances that they created. So that's uh, the wrap on the worst defences or the defences to target. Uh, moving to the best defences, again the same metric, uh, looking at expected goals conceded and ranking the top 5 defences so far. Again, uh, Man City are in uh, top spot, no uh, change there. Uh, there is a fair change in the other uh, top 5 positions. Brentford have now moved to the second place, uh, which is very impressive. Uh, they continue to have a fairly low XG across the games that they played. Easier fixture run, but having said that, still uh, looking pretty solid in terms of defense. Uh, Wolves are now up to third. Uh, they will be, of course, uh, subject to a lot of uh, uh, transfer ins and interests given their kind fixture run. And completing the top 5 are Crystal Palace and Aston Villa. So Crystal Palace is another team uh, which have surprised uh, given all the changes that uh, Patrick Vieira has made at the helm. Villa of course uh, had a fairly uh, favourable fixture run in the first 4 game weeks. Uh, would be interesting to see if they can maintain this. Uh, so that's really the top 5 defences uh, to target. And it's interesting because most of uh, the defenders from these top 5 are not part of the uh, template in terms of ownership. Uh, the teams that are ranked 6th to 10th are actually where the template is. Uh, so we have teams like Brighton, Liverpool, Everton, Man United and Chelsea. These are ranked 6th to 10th uh, in terms of XGC and this is where typically our defensive targets are. 
so it will be interesting to see if the template changes uh, particularly once fixtures for city crystal palace wolves now have a great run so we could see some changes in defense if you were to look at the uh, stats and if they sustain over the remaining period thanks bhavan uh, for those stats so it's interesting that you mentioned uh, crystal palace there uh, uh, and and how vieras uh, impact can now be uh, seen uh, you know they the their defense numbers as you just to add on to your numbers uh, they are sixth best in terms of expected goals conceded uh, they are third best in terms of expected clean sheets which is after uh, you know manchester city and uh, brentford uh they are seventh best in terms of uh, total shots conceded as well so so these numbers really look good uh, for them and uh, you know managers should really keep an eye for whenever crystal palace's fixtures turn around quickly moving on to attack uh, again uh, the metric that we are using is expected goals uh, and firstly let's look at the top 5 attacks in the league based on the first four game weeks uh, no surprise to see liverpool uh, at the top spot Uh, their game against leeds was particularly useful and they have consistently been uh, great in attack as well uh, so liverpool are first a close second is manchester city of course uh, they are followed in the top 5 by wolves west ham and everton uh, everton have uh, been pretty uh, impressive in attack as well uh, despite benitez's uh, famed defense first uh, strategy so they've they've scored at least two goals in each of the four game weeks pretty good spread and pretty good stats in terms of expected goals as well uh, the other uh, interesting aspect is a lot of managers brought in jota and i thought he was incredibly unlucky in game week 4 to not get any attacking points would definitely recommend uh, buyers to keep holding him on uh wolves attack uh, though the team data and the xg stats look very very impressive uh, so far the goals have not matched up so it will be interesting watch to see whether the attackers are finally able to deliver on the truckload of chances that they've been creating the likes of traore and himines uh in terms of the worst attack so these are teams who rank the lowest in terms of their xg stats over the first four game weeks these would be great candidates to play your defenders against if you are uh, trying to choose your team uh, and of course uh, avoid taking attacking assets from these five so the bottom five uh, in terms of xg uh, is watford leicester tottenham brentford and norwich uh, the surprise uh, really is uh, to see tottenham in the stats table uh they've really struggled as a attack so far uh apart from that uh, you know not a large surprise to see teams like watford and norwich there brentford have been a bit of a surprise so they've gone for the safety first approach uh been solid in defense and trying to take whatever few chances come their way uh, leicester again are a team uh, which typically tend to start the season very very strong this season has been a aberration and rogers somehow hasn't been able to get their uh, formation or lineup right uh, in my opinion uh, till you don't see the two attackers the two forwards playing and uh, nacho and wadi playing in tandem i don't think the leicester attack is one to target till then uh, watford uh, it's an interesting one because watford are the worst attack in terms of xg however their next three fixtures are a godsend 
they play the three worst defenses in succession so anybody holding on to having watford attackers would still suggest they hold on to them and then look to ship them on uh, future in the future uh, that's pretty much the attack uh, uh, data based on xg the best and the worst teams yeah yeah actually you're right about watford uh, the three next three fixtures are really uh, as you said gods and uh, norwich away newcastle home and then leeds away uh yeah just this it's just the only issue there is how many assets uh, there are to really look look at uh, apart from sar and uh, you know i've seen sissoko in a couple in a few teams as well so yeah so that question always looms on uh, as far as watford assets are concerned i'm just going to take a couple of minutes here uh, to to speak about uh, crystal palace uh, attacking threat uh you know they had a sensational game uh, last weekend against spurs with an they had an xg of 3 uh, versus spurs xg of 0.07 um you could you could say that yes uh, spurs were playing with 10 men but uh, over here we're not concerning on spurs now one man we are really talking about here is uh, conor gallagher uh, a really interesting prospect for people considering to go the three premium assets way uh, even if as an i think irrespective of that i think conor gallagher is really shining out in terms of his uh, stats he's got two man of the match performance already uh, he did not play the first game week uh, against chelsea because he's he's on loan from chelsea to crystal palace uh, he's been taking all of uh, his team's corners and free kicks uh, he's actually primarily utilized uh, by vera as an advanced eight uh, you know wherein he's he's he has been given that free hand to just maybe you know go, uh, go ahead uh, as much uh, as advanced as possible uh, and and get into that penalty area uh, and he plays under that 4333 433 structure uh, but at times drifts into an attacking midfielder role as well which is very reminiscent of uh, you know uh, frank lampard some of his stats uh, his joint fourth for xg uh, which is a 2.6 his seventh for xa which is 1.42 again he had just played three matches he did not play the first match and these are the stats uh, uh from game week 2 to game week 4 his fourth for xgi which is the expected goal involvement of 4.02 now obviously we this is across the midfielders but if uh, you know at his price range if you were to kind of look compare him with other uh, midfielders Uh, and this uh, th- these stats which i'm going to read out is uh, for 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 midfielders who are below 6.5 uh he is number 1 in terms of uh, expected goals which is at 2.27 way way ahead of the second one which is trinkau at 1.45 uh his shots on target is not he he's he's i think third best in terms of shots on target uh top being treore um and we have, we have covered treore and wolves assets uh, and we will be covering uh Uh, Wolves assets uh, in, in the next section. Uh, sticking with Crystal Palace, uh, you know Gallag- Gallagher's uh, expected goal involvement is top in that range, which is at three point six right now. Uh, he has only given four uh, goal involvements with two goals and two assists. Uh, he is again his his creativity, his ex his uh, expected assist number as well are second best, uh, which is at one point three. just behind mutino's 1.44 expected uh, assists so i think his his stats uh, 
he's head and shoulders above any other midfielder which is less than 6 uh, 6.5 uh, you know people might be asking what about rafina because all, most of us have rafina uh, rafina rafina in terms of just the shots uh, scored he's his second highest but uh, when it comes to the creativity when it comes to his expected assist numbers uh, he's he's quite uh, he's not he's not in the same level as uh, gallagher Rafinha's expected assist is 0.82 in as compared to Gallagher's 1.30. Uh if you know if there can be an argument that you know Leeds have played tougher opponents uh you know let me tell you even even Crystal Palace has played uh, Chelsea they have played Spurs and they have played West Ham. Uh they the, the only goalless draw was against uh, Brentford. So if you compare Rafinha with uh, with Crystal Palace yes uh, Leeds are known to be more attacking uh, as as seen in the last season but Crystal Palace was totally opposite under Roy Hodgson but now we cannot really compare Crystal Palace of this season to last season because of change in managers and change in ideology as well uh, so yeah so and just to finish it off with the fixtures that we are expecting of Crystal Palace uh, obviously the next uh, this weekend's fixture against Liverpool away it's a tough one but from 6 to 9 they are brighton home leicester home leicester is not has not started the season well at all they are away to arsenal and their record against arsenal in the last 3 seasons has been phenomenal um they i think they've just lost once in the last 6 games against uh, arsenal and then the game week 9 is against newcastle home so uh, you know it's he he might be an asset where you can not just uh, you do you need not churn him in and out of the team he's he can be one of your uh keep and hold kind of a, kind of a midfielder assets because he's at 5.6 and i'm sure after the liverpool game week his price will start going up again so yeah that's an interesting one uh, to keep a watch out for so shan i'll come to you now uh you know i would love to hear your thoughts about uh, uh you know dcl the injury to dcl and no, no we're not sure about how many weeks he is going to be out for Uh, some reports say that he will definitely be out for two or three weeks and then we have the <clears throat> we had the sent off of antonio who was banned for one game and uh, obviously there's 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 a leeds fixtures which are turning around now and bamford is lurking on and is looming over everybody's uh, head in terms of people who don't have him in his team so the thought on that uh, on these three strikers <clears throat> uh, plus if you could also kind of uh give your thoughts about three premiums plus uh if if it's possible to really keep trent whether should we keep trent or not at the first place uh, uh in terms of you know keeping him for majority of the season and uh uh ben drama to be honest to be, uh without uh west ham and how how is he going to look and if he if he has something uh, as an if if there are any substitutes uh, we can look replacements we can look for ben drama what do you think First I'm going to cover the situation forwards. Both DCL's injury and Antonio's suspension has created a big problem in the forward line for everyone in FPL. As expected, both were top for expected goal involvements for the first four game weeks and were mainstays for many people. Now, the options are pretty slim in that price bracket. Uh Bamford has the fixtures, was also uh fifth in terms of expected goal involvements in forward so far. Uh, in comparison Jimenez for example is down at uh, down at 8 in the same metric 
Um, and the way Bruno Lage's team play, he may not get a lot of chances when compared to the wingers and fullbacks. So probably an avoid. Now, if we can stretch funds, then other options include uh, like Jesus, who is currently fourth in terms of expected goal involvements, uh, but you know is always a rotation risk with a pep roulette. Uh, so probably a short-term punt at best. Uh, and the second option is Aubameyang. He has is a fantastic differential, and even though he missed two games, uh, is around tenth in terms of expected goal involvement and has great fixtures to follow. Um, in my opinion, if you have DCL, it is a sell with Bamford, a good replacement, and Auba being a good differential if we can stretch funds. Uh, Jesus is only probably a one, a good one-week punt for Southampton um, and would only suggest doing that if there are no other fires to fix. When it comes to Antonio, I would hold as he's back in a week's time and is still the best mid-price striker there is. In terms of midfield, among the highly owned assets, Pindrama is one to watch over the coming weeks as he not only overperformed on his expected goal environments but also seems to be a rotation risk with Lasic getting a look in and uh, Europa playing a part in reduced minutes. Uh, for game week 7, 8 wildcarders, a short-term part could be someone uh, like Dukure or Gray replacing Benrama uh, as they have good fixtures in the next two before their fixtures get mixed. Everton are the fifth best for expected goals and have scored at least two goals in each game. Looking at other top expected goal involvement midfielders, uh, Mane and Salah unsurprisingly top the table. Uh, but Gallagher is third best, you know, having played a game less and is someone to seriously consider over the long term once their gaming fixture, uh, five fixture against Liverpool is done. Now, the last two mid-price options who are high on this list are Traore, who has somehow evaded all points so far, and Rafinha. With Traore, if you already own him, I would retain him. Uh, but otherwise we'll look elsewhere until he starts converting his chances. Uh, Rafinha could be a good pick uh, with some decent underlying numbers as well and has an amazing set of upcoming fixtures. Finally, City attackers also make the list of top 10 midfielders for expected goal moments. Uh, so wants to consider post game week 7 when their fixtures get better. Uh, in my view, there's no immediate need to get in anyone in midfield uh, for this game week unless you need 11 starters uh, in uh, to come in this week. Coming to three premiums uh, plus the TA option and wildcard, so is one of the questions. Firstly, TA Trent, as I have said many times in the past, he's outstanding value at 7.5 million. For the points one can expect from him, um, you know, in, which is which would be in excess of 180, so for me will be a mainstay for the entire season. Uh, probably no other player of 7.5 million will score that many points. Now building a team with three premiums not only affects the balance of the team, but also seems unnecessary with the fixtures United have after game week eight. Uh, when a, one can easily look to play with Salah and Lukaku with captaincy rotating between these two uh, keep, and keeping funds to invest in and probably a city attacker. Finally, coming to captaincy call this week, 
two fixtures stand out the most. Liverpool hosting Palace at Anfield and City playing Southampton at home. Salah is obviously the safe bet with many looking to captain him. In City, anyone between Sterling and Jesus are good one-week punts as they are expected to start after midweek Champions League benchings. Uh, another fixture that could have goals is the Newcastle-Leeds one uh, with Bamford and Rafinha and decent punts. I will personally be on Salah for this week um, and wouldn't really go uh, for any of the City assets as there's always a risk of uh, rotation. I would agree with that captain call, uh, Sushant, and uh, I, I think I, in all probability I, I will go for the same uh, option as well. Other games, other contenders for captaincy being cities playing Southampton. Now, Torres has been playing forever in the last 30 days or so. He has played for Spain and he has played almost all matches for City as well. He played around 70 minutes uh, in the Champions League against Leipzig as well. Uh, so, you don't know uh, who's going to be the City, uh, who, who really who can really trust in terms of uh, City captaincy. Uh, other games as well look look don't look that easy. Uh, the one which I would say uh, if somebody wants to take a punt uh, is Tottenham versus Chelsea. Though yes, it looks like a top six fixture on paper, but after the uh, what's the uh, Europa Conference League uh, match of Tottenham versus Rene, and I think Tottenham's uh, injuries have just kind of mounted uh, too much in terms of defense. Uh, even even in the on the attacking, uh, I think uh, Mora's got injured and Bergwijn got, got injured. So uh, I don't know. We don't know about Son as well. So so Tottenham uh, versus Lukaku and Chelsea. Uh, you know, if, I don't think that'll be like a bad bet as well. So yeah, lovely, uh, interesting facts from Sushant. Uh, I think uh, Bhavan wanted to speak about uh, one team which uh, everybody wants to kind of catch hold of those assets, uh, which is Wolves. Uh, Bhavan, over to you. Moving to the team preview section, uh, we will cover Wolves uh, this week uh, because they are on the radar of a number of FPL managers. In terms of the team stats, before we go to the FPL targets and the key players to watch out for, in terms of team stats, as we covered earlier, Wolves are one of the few sides that appear in both the best attack as well as the most, uh, the best defensive stats. Uh, and of course, in terms of the next six fixtures, they have some pretty good fixtures lined up and that's the reason why there is a fair amount of interest in Wolves assets. So what we'll do is quickly first uh, come to the formation and the setup and the starting 11. In terms of the setup, uh, Bruno Laje prefers to set the team up in a 3-4-3 formation. It is in line with what he had done in his uh, previous campaigns in the uh, in the Portuguese league as well as a fairly popular formation for Wolves as well in their past seasons with Nuno. Uh, so in the 3-4-3 lineup, uh, basically the three defensive uh, central positions are taken by Kilman, Cody and Saiz. And then in the four in midfield and wingbacks, uh, we have Markal and Semedo covering the wingback positions along with the old midfield pairing of uh, Moutinho as well as Neves. In attack, uh, Jimenez plays as the 9 and they are flanked by and he's flanked by uh, both the wingers which is Trincao and Traore. In terms of the setup and the pattern of play, uh, Bruno Lage typically prefers to 
uses number nine as more of a distributor, more like the familiar role that we see for Liverpool. So we've seen in the last four weeks that Jimenez has consistently tracked back, uh, collected the ball and sprayed passes to both the inverted wingers. And Laje also doesn't like uh, playing wingers in their traditional positions. So they play in an inverted role, uh, which is the left-footed Trinkau plays on the right and the right-footed Traore plays on the left. Gives both a chance to move in and take a shot on goal. So that's how they are set up. Uh, in terms of the lineup, uh, the one key thing to note is that Wolves have no European commitments this season and Laje has been very, very consistent with his lineup. So the 11 players chosen have started the last four games in succession, barring any injuries or unavailability due to international commitments. In fact, he has a fairly settled second choice uh, team as well, uh, where in the key positions, uh, which is the wing backs and the wingers as well as in attack he has adequate backups so in the cup competition game that they played uh, he had backup players in all those five positions Ait Nuri was the backup left back Hoover was the backup right back and in attack the front three were Fabio Silva, Podens and uh, now he has Wang so he has com a complete backup uh, attack as well uh, in terms of substitutions as well, he has a pretty predictable pattern of substitutions. So we've seen so far uh, Trinkau and Traore be the attacking subs and Jimenez has played the full 90. Uh, that might change but so far Jimenez has been the most nailed on attacker. In terms of uh, you know the key players and the best FPL options to look at, I think the best FPL options are of course the inverted wingers. Uh, Traore is more nailed than uh, than Trinkau. He tends to play slightly more minutes. And if you fancy a number nine, uh, you can look at Jimenez as well. He's not had any attacking returns so far, but has been getting into some pretty decent positions. Having said that, I think the more uh, attractive option is definitely the Wolves backline. Uh, both the fullbacks tend to be pretty heavily involved in attacks, and they have some great defensive stats. So I would say in terms of the full packs, both are uh, great FPL options to own. I would just place Semedo slightly ahead of Markal because Semedo takes more a shooting position and more penalty area touches compared to Markal who prefers to stay on the flank and cross the ball. So Semedo has higher goal threat, higher penalty box touches and uh, Markal is more of the crosser and the creative outlet. So those are the key positions uh, to recap again. Uh, Semedo and Markal, the top two defensive targets in that order, followed by Jimenez and Traore in attack and midfield. Well, uh, there you have it. Bamford looks to have an edge over Jimenez in terms of the next three to four fixtures. And how uh, Wolves manager Lage has been utilizing Jimenez lately, uh, which is more like in a Firmino's position. Uh, question about Antonio, uh, well answered by... Sushant, whether we should keep him or sell, uh, he's, he, Sushant gave, gave a justification. Personally, I am keeping him uh, as well, uh, as he'll be back after a game and West Ham play Leeds and Brentford in game week 6 and 7, which are uh, looking at his form, um, he, should, he should be scoring there. Uh, keep an eye on Gallagher. I expect managers to go after him post game week 5. Uh, he might be the enabler of the season uh, who we all are looking for. Uh, Wolves overall numbers as uh, nicely explained by 
Bhavan, they just look uh, promising, you know, uh, both in defense as well as offense. Combine those stats with the fixtures that they have uh, till game week 12 or 13. There's nothing better an FPL manager can ask for, to be honest. Uh, thank you once again, guys, for tuning into the Tribe Talk. I hope you all get rewarded in the coming game week. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you have any feedback uh, on how to make Tribe Talk better than before, please email me at anuj.deepak at sporttribe.com. It's S-P-O-R-T-R-Y-B-E dot com. And uh, very happy to hear from um, from you guys. Take care and be safe.